Welcome to Wine For Me podcast, where I chat to anyone that can give you and me insight into the South African wine industry. Please enjoy. Today, I talk to Bruvair Rats, owner and winemaker of the award-winning Rats family wines. Since 2000, Bruvair kept his focus on Chenin Blanc and Cabernet Franc only. But before I find out why, I would like to know where it all started. Bruvair, over to you. Amanda, I, um, I finished studying viticulture and enology at Elsenburg in '95, uh, and then I went to work in Bordeaux, uh, Napa Valley, Germany, and I ended up running a small little cellar in Tuscany. When I returned to South Africa after working in overseas and in South Africa at Blauklippen and Del Air, I realized that the most successful people in the world of wine is people that specialize. We came from an industry where uh, people wanted to make everything. They made all the white wine varieties, they made all the red wine varieties, uh, they blended them together. If rosé wasn't fashion, everybody jumped towards rosé. Was bubbly became fashionable, that's what that everybody started making. So I wanted to do two things properly. One white wine variety, Chenin Blanc, and a red wine variety, Cabernet Franc. So my vision was very clear. I wanted to achieve excellence and consistency through specialization. Okay, so that makes sense why you chose only those two varieties. Exactly. Because you wanted to keep a proper focus and make it as good as you can make it. 100%. Okay. And uh, what was definitely a big driving factor for myself is to make wines that are uniquely South African. That there was a wine I could take to the rest of the world and show what makes us different, not try to show what makes us similar. So my, my travels around the world was not to copy what people have done. My travels around the world is to find out what they do, how they do it, use some of that knowledge but still make a wine that tells a story about South African soil, South African climate, and who makes it and where you come from. So I had no idea. I'm very bad at copying other people. I want to show what <laughs> yeah. makes us different. I don't want to show what makes us similar. So tell us a little bit about your farm, the terroir here, and how is it suited for these varietals? Uh, Rod's family wine is situated in uh, Polka Dry Hills. Uh, Polka Dry is the, the newest and the smallest little ward in Stellenbosch. Stellenbosch have seven wards. We're only four producers. It's uh, Reineke, the Turin Rods and Pine. And, um, and we're sort of on a sudden slope of uh, Bottlera Hills. Um, and our whole area is basically decomposed dolomite granite. And for both for Cabernet Franc and Chenin Blanc, these granite soils is uh, make exceptional Chenin and Cabernet Franc. So in, in 2000, although I started Rods in 2000, I only bought uh, this little farm in, in 2004, uh, built my house, the tasting room, the offices, uh, and the vineyards are all here, but we rent cellar, it's not on the farm, we rent a cellar space uh, to make the wine. I don't want a factory here in this beautiful little valley. So tell me, the, so you say this Dolomite soils, what kind of characteristic does it bring into the varietals? Um, I think there's a lot of confusion when I talk about decomposed dolomite granite in the sense that the mother soil is granite. Okay. So what makes the Cape granite different to anywhere else in the world is that 
there is a dolomite component to the soil. Okay. It's from an external source. That means if you had uh, the granite formed underneath the crust of the earth, then there was dolomite ridges above it. And dolomite mm -hmm. is uh, calcium and magnesium. It's a metal and it's mm -hmm. quite heavy. So it always precipitates to the lower point. So eventually this dolomite, as it decomposed, uh, landed on top of the granite. And mm -hmm. when the granite started decomposing, it became part of the granite soil. Okay. So although it's a small component to the actual soil type, it does make the Cape granite or the Cape decomposed dolomite granite mm. very unique to the Cape. Okay. So you were named the 2018 Winery of the Year with Platter's Guide recently and you had eight five-star wines in this. is now a combination with your Rods family wines, B. Vintners and the Mumbengi Rods wines. And that is quite an achievement and you were the first winery that achieved this amount of five stars in a calendar year. What would you say make your wines so special and award-winning? Um, when we set out, the idea was never to make award-winning wines. And I've been very clear and verbal about it is that we've never tried to be in fashion. We were never trying to be hip and hop and in. What we were trying to do is find out what soils work with what varieties and obviously with Chenin Blanc and Cabernet Franc. And then make wines that tells a story about the soil, the uniqueness where it comes from, the climate. And people talk about terroir. For me, people is part of the terroir because they make it. Yes. Most people look at Iran, they only look at the soil and the climate and the conditions, but the people is part of the terroir. We live here, we make the wine, we drink it, we do that, so we are. So, to make wines that are true to that. I must say, in the beginning, the wines were very badly received in South Africa because uh, I didn't use a lot of oak, I didn't have any sweetness in it, I had this minerality and freshness in the wine, and everybody was looking in the in the 2000 they were looking for these big and bold and rich shinnins mm. uh, uh, and and this was just not a, a popular style so yeah. it took it took us 19 years before platter actually gave one of our shinnins a, a five star and then wow. all three our shinnins got five star in <laughs> one calendar year wow. um, okay. so that uh, saying that you know that we won eight five stars and the most by a single winemaker in a, in a calendar year, that's true, but that was a effect of styles moving on, people started realizing, mm. and, and also the consumer started to say, look, everybody can make a wine sweet, everybody can add oak mm. to it, uh, it's so easy to make a commercial style, people started gravitating towards mm. winemakers and producers that showed the uniqueness mm. of their soils, where they come from, and that regardless of style and, and mm. trends, uh, make something true to what they believe in. And that is what Rods have done from 2000 when we started. And that's what we will do for the future as well. That's fantastic news. And if I can sum you up, I think in one word, I would say grit. Because grit means persistence and perseverance and um, looking at your history through the years, coming to this point now, that's what it was. Mm. You stick to what you believed in and that's, mm. that's just wonderful. Um, now you have a wonderful collaboration with your fellow winemaker and he also became a very good friend of yours, Mizukono Mbembe. Tell us a little bit more about that collaboration of yours. Um, it, it's quite a long story and I'm, I'm not going to bore you with too much detail, but 
uh, Nzukona was the first uh, black person in Africa to qualify uh, at viticulture and oenology, um, and you can only do it at two places, Elsenburg and, and Stellenbosch University. Um, he finished his academic side, but he still had to do three months practical. He did it with me. Uh, we became very good friends, and then one night we were having a bride, and um, we probably drank a bit too much wine, but <laughs> I said to him, I'm trying to be funny, and I said to him, so if you rub the lantern and the winemaking genie appear, not a genie, the winemaking genie, what will you wish me as a winemaker? Uh, and he said, prepare to make a consistent world-class wine. It doesn't go up or down, but every year it's just absolutely premium, well, ultra-premium quality. So we started a company called Humveum Verats, both our surnames, and we both were adamant that we put our name on the bottle. You could have put a giraffe and a little cheetah and whatever on the bottle, but that doesn't say anything. The yes. moment you put your name on something, it means something to you and also to the people that comes behind you. So yes. that's where the name MR, which is more commonly known in Vem Verats, um, He's a, he's a Zulu from, uh, grew up in Mlazi and Guzulu Natal, and I'm a simple farmer from Polka Dry and Stellenbosch. We may just make the one wine together called uh, De Compostela, which means the compilation of stars. We use all five border varieties and we select each one from the best area in Stellenbosch. So our Cab and our Petit Verdot comes from Simonsburg, our Merlot comes from Helderberg, our Malbec and our, and our Cabernet Franc come here from Polka Dry, and then we taste all these wines blind, and whatever we rate the highest will be the biggest uh, component in the blend. So Imado Compostela is not a style, changes every year. It's mm -hmm. not a particular variety like Cab or Merlot that drives mm -hmm. the blend. It's whatever we rate blind the highest, that will be the highest component. So the only thing left that drives Imado Compostela is the best quality wine from that particular vintage. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, MR was also the first um, Bordeaux-style blend from South Africa to get uh, a five-star, four consecutive vintages. Wow. Okay. Um, so uh, it was the first South African wine uh, to be in the top 50 most memorable wines in the world by wine advocate uh, Robert Parker, and still the only one that I've made it there till today. Wow. Um, it was the first South African wine to be listed in Emirates first class and one of four wines in the world that got a permanent listing. So what we, what we wanted to do, and when you go back, when we started in, in 2003, is that you know, South Africa was trying so badly to get back into the national market and just to be acceptable and be accepted and be sort of brought back into mm. mainstream and what's happening in the world. Nobody thought about what's going to happen in 2019, when we actually get there, yes. what are we going to put on the table, which has been consistent ultra-premium quality wine from South Africa? And that's where we were. We were, we, okay. I think we were very far ahead in terms of what we wanted to show about South mm -hmm. Africa when we started uh, in the early two, uh, 2000s. And today, it's, it's consistently uh, one of the highest rated wines from South Africa. And if you go to Livix in the UK, which is the investment site where people buy wine and sell it, it's the, it's the number one investment wine from South Africa, meaning that it increases in value with 32% every sure. year. And, and yet, I mean, our first vintage were only in 2004, 
Uh, we're about to release 2017 in a month or two, but it's, it's been a wonderful journey. And uh, uh, every time I talk about it or I drink the wine, I get goosebumps. It was just an amazing ride. Amazing. Well done. Well done to both of you for putting that wine and putting South Africa on the map with it as well. It does a lot for our country, mm -hmm. so we have to thank you for that. Now, you have another um, person that joined your winery, your cousin, Gavin Bruvert Slobert. He joined you in 2010. Now, tell us, what is his role now here? How we related is uh, our mothers uh, are sisters, and their maiden surname was Bruvert. Okay. So, uh, my parents didn't give me a proper name. I've just got two surnames strung together, so I'm Bruvert Rods, and that's it. Not even a middle name. Okay. Uh, luckily, Gavin got a name, so he's Gavin Bruvert Slavit. Okay. And he uh, he's a very capable young man. He's 30 years younger than I am, and he first got a BCom management degree at university. Then he got a degree in viticulture and oenology, and then he went to work in New Zealand and in in uh, in Napa Valley, and then he joined Rod's Family Wines um, in 2011. So, and it was, I must say, it's almost that we got a huge injection when he joined because, you know, we both could then share the load and the work, and um, he's grown into a really world-class winemaker uh, over the last eight years, you know, and, and he basically takes charge of the winemaking and the viticulture. Mm -hmm. um, we also started a company together, Beat Vintners, okay, in 2014, and uh, it's a vine exploration company. So we do things, we take, for instance, uh, old varieties that have been in South Africa, like Muscato Alexandria, Hanapurt, uh, and, and we make it into a bone dry, 11.5% alcohol wow. wine. We mm. blend, uh, Harlem to Hope, we blend the first four varieties planted in South Africa, Shinnan, Semillon, Muscat Alexander, Muscat Frontenac, we take that and we blend it together and we call it Holland to Hope. They came from Holland in Holland yes. and they landed in the, in the Cape of Good Hope and these are the first four varieties that we've planted. Okay. And we make Liberté, which is a pinotage, called it New Wave, but that actually uh, has a connection with the parents, Pinot Noirens and so. And we say, okay. you know, we think to take pinotage forward uh, into the next decade, we need to start making pinotages that are more connected with the parents, and that is uh, Sinso and Pinot Noir. We've got two vineyards in, in, in uh, Sondagkloof in Walker Bay, a Pinot and a Chardonnay that we also make. That's only the five wines, but the focus here is to respect where we came from, the heritage and the history, but put it in a modern way forward for the future okay. as well. Then there's also that exploration, you know, finding mm -hmm. uh, a Pinot and a Chardonnay, first Pinot and Chardonnay ever from Sondagkloof uh, near Stanford and making single vineyards from those. Uh, so, um, obviously Gavin is the driver for B Vintners and B for Bruvert, of course, mm -hmm. uh, Vintners, okay. two of us. And, and that's, that's starting to get very nice momentum and also, you know, uh, give Gavin uh, a certain ownership um, mm. in the business as well. Okay. You make basically only award-winning wines. I mean, your name is everywhere out there with your wines, winning all these wonderful awards, what would you say was your highest achievement um, that you've got so far? I think that, uh, I must say that that is probably a personal award and I think uh, it happens without any bells and whistles, but if Gavin and I stand in a vineyard 
and we think about what this wine should taste like. We imagine, we look at the soil, we can say, this for instance, this Chenin Blanc should taste like this if we look at the soil, how the vineyards are growing, what the climate is in that particular. And we come to the cellar and we drink that wine and we can say, this reminds us of that particular block. When you can make that connection, yeah. that to me is the biggest award. Wow. So it okay. is not uh, silver cups and gold medals and massive score ratings. Yes, it's nice to have them, but the motivation and the enjoyment for us, the accolade, is when you can achieve that by actually making a wine there where there is a connection between where it comes from and what it tastes like. That's the biggest award that I've experienced in the wine industry. Yeah, that's, uh, that's wonderful. Um, now, I just want to go back to your actual vineyards because I can hear you're very, very passionate about your vineyards. Is there a planting method that you prefer? I know people love bush vines these days and versus trellis and all that. Tell me a little bit about your philosophy in the, in the vineyards itself. I, I think my philosophy is, is pretty much that it, it, viticultural, it's winemaking and also in business, is that you have to be adaptable. Gone is the days where one single thing is selected and applied across the board. You have to do, every site is different, every wine is different, mm. every business transaction is different. If you export to America and you export to UK, you have to adapt, you, you deal different people, you deal with different conditions, you deal in different currency. So uh, um, what we've been trying to do and taking concern Rod's family wines is only 19 years old, started in 2000, is that to sift through all of that and try to con consistently find the best way forward. And uh, if you look on our, on our gate and if you see the Rod's family logo, you'll see quality by design. Mm. And I think that is what's the driving factor is quality. Try to have quality but design it. Know where it comes from. Understand how you got, if you made a great wine, understand exactly what you did, how you did it and what you did. Mm. Quality by design, that's our way forward. Okay. Now, you have a wine club. Will you just inform us a little bit about how the wine club works? Uh, yes, we, we started it only last year, end of last year, so it's very new. And basically, uh, uh, you, can, you can go onto our website, uh, www.rods.co.za, and then uh, there's an option to join our wine club. And what we do to our wine club members is we send special offerings. Um, we had, end of last year, we had a six-pack with uh, all the vintages from the wines that we put together. Also, uh, we, we have got an Eden range, Chenin Blanc and Cabernet Franc, which was the first ever high-density single vineyard uh, wine from South Africa. But in, in, case it was, in our case, it's Chenin Blanc and Cabernet Franc. Mm -hmm. Things like that, which are very tiny, tiny volumes and, and, and also ultra-premium quality. Uh, like the MR, we offer people through this wine club will have access to these wines which is not in the general market. Okay. Do you have a tasting room and are you open yes. most days? People always ask me that because I'm not part of the Stellenbosch wine route and I'm not part of clubs and little groupies and all of that. Uh, I've always uh, liked to maintain my independence. And I always encourage free thinking and adaptability. So we, we definitely 
we open to the public by appointment simply because we don't have people standing in the tasting room the whole day. Uh, we do it ourselves. It's mm. very personalised. It's in our in the homestead in the house. Uh, we've got a, a tasting room, and we don't do big tour buses and all of that. We the maximum amount of people we do is sixteen, um, but most tasting are between two and six people. You just need to make an appointment and. Okay. I don't have jungle gyms here, I don't have restaurants, I don't have all these other things. We wine people, we focus on wine, and we want to attract people that love wine and that want to have a wine experience. That's what we do. I do see you on social media everywhere. Sometimes I think you're more than one person because you travel and you, I think, yeah, you definitely are one of those winemakers that want to be one-on-one -on -one with people when, when it comes to your product. Please, um, if you want to taste Gruber's uh, wines and you want to visit the winery, go to the website www.rods.co.za and you'll find all the information there. And then just a quick note on the overseas uh, travels that I always see you on Facebook and you meet mm. with your importers and distributors all the time. Which countries can we find your wines in? Uh, we export to 16 different countries. The major market or the biggest market at this stage is still the U.S. Mm. We're mostly in the West Coast and a bit in California as well. Uh, we in the U.K., that's our second biggest market. Then Europe, probably uh, collectively, if you take mm. all the European countries, we do Germany, Holland, Sweden, Norway, Belgium, them together, they're probably our th they, are, they are our third biggest market. Uh, South Africa is our fourth biggest market. It was always always one of our smaller markets because when I started off in 2000, people didn't want to drink Chenin, quality Chenin Blanc in South Africa. People mm. didn't believe Chenin Blanc yeah. was quality and people didn't know Cabernet Franc. And, yes. and that have changed dramatically over the last five years. So South Africa is now together with Europe, our jointly third biggest market. Okay. And then we do Japan and Maldives, Mauritius, Canada. So we, we, we are very good spread. But I must say, it gave me great joy. And I think also, you know, with the Platter Winery of the Year, it made a lot of South Africans aware yes, yeah. of Rod's family wines. Mm. And because we were a small family winery, uh, I, I found it a lot. I would go to my kids' school here in Stellenbosch, they would pull Ruiz, and I would, uh, people would say, what do you do? I'm saying Rod's family wines. And they also I'd never heard of them. Yeah. Uh, and I must say, since Platter gave us Winery of the Year, that have changed a lot. People now have noticed us and aware yeah. of us, which which is always something I was hoping for. So I must say I'm a very happy man at the moment in the local and, and South African recognition and uh, interest that we currently experience. That's great. Yeah, I know because people need to know about your wines. They're fantastic. I can vouch for that. What's the future holding for you? Very simple. Is that I've always said rather do less, but do it properly. Focus. Focus on the little bit you do. Make sure that the little bit you do first, you do it exceptional and you do it well before you put on anything new or anything on top of that. So I think for now, you know, uh, B Vintners has, has been a fairly new project, as I said, 2014. And, um, you know, that obviously needs a lot of attention. Uh, Rod's Family Wines uh, is with the, basically we do three Chenin Blancs, three Cabernet Francs, and a, and a Cabernet Franc Malbec-led blend, so it's seven wines. And, you know, that we just keep on improving the quality and make it better every year. Mm -hmm. And November Rods uh, has been, have had the same 
goal and uh, to consistently make an ultra premium mm. uh, red blend from South Africa. So we will continue just to focus and try what we a little bit we do just to do it better every year. Uh, I said to Gavin the other day, you know, in the beginning to improve your quality with a small effort you got quite, we could improve the quality with five or six or ten percent, mm -hmm. but we're at a point now where to improve the quality with one or two or three percent takes a massive effort. Mm -hmm. But if we can improve every year with one or two percent, in ten years time we'll be twenty percent better than we're right now. That's right. <laughs> so that's what we said that before. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. Rivera, I really um, admire you as a businessman, as a winemaker. You are focused. Your wines are fantastic. Um, I think I'm going to go sign up for your wine club. We love everything you do. And yeah, go on, do what you do. Um, you're doing very, very well. Thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. Thanks, Amanda. It was wonderful. Thanks for your time. This episode was recorded and produced by me, Amanda Fisser. I hope you enjoyed it.